Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, hi, Al coming. What's the word, man? Six up breezo and six hundred greasy, man. And I just jumped off the porch with dirty glove bastards. <laughs> All right, y'all. So we finally got 600 breezy with us off the porch today. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm telling, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Mm. Now, you know, I was kind of overwhelmed when I was like doing my research on you because you got so many crazy stories. <laughs> like, I don't know where to start. You didn't live a lot of life like a lot of life yeah do so, you ever be looking back like dang like i grew up way too fast oh yeah you know i started fucking at 12 and not we was, 12. we was yeah we was in the streets at 12 13. yeah so you know i feel like hell yeah like i ain't get that real childhood that you know what i'm saying i want my kids to have and shit. like i'm really was in the streets and like gun violence, gang shit, like early. So getting kicked out of school, getting expelled and shit, going to jail, 15, 14 years old. So yeah, yeah, I moved way too fast. Well, so when you, when would you say that you first got introduced to that type of life? Um, I ain't gonna lie, like, like just everything with my hood had started. It started off just little fist fights over girls and shit, and niggas would come shooting at us. So it was like. It was like uh, we had to protect ourselves type thing, so that it was it was forced upon us. Like this one, no shit that I was grew up. I'm gonna be a gangster, and I'm like, hey, no, that shit was like forced upon us, and you just had to protect yourself, shit. You know what's crazy? Like you said, how y'all started off with fist fights and girls. I've heard a lot of people talk about how majority of the beefs that be started is like from females. From females. Yeah, what is your perspective on that? It's like, can't nobody stop it because when it comes with a woman and a man, it's very emotional. So mm -hmm. you dealing with young men at that, that don't really understand their feelings and shit like that. So they probably be 14 and got a girlfriend and feel like they gonna marry her and they love her and they gonna be with her for the rest of their, rest of their life. And you slide in her DM or something and then he come and shoot at you over her. Cause he, that's my girl and I'ma kill anybody over her. Like it really be little situations like that for real. So it's like, it's really emotions. Like it, they, they drawing off emotions. Like, and you really can't control it. Cause this a, a growing boy that's having feelings that he don't understand or he just started having sex and shit like that. And he feel like he love that girl. So he gonna do whatever for her. And that, that shit start real wars though. Real. Now, when would you say life really got real for you growing up? Um, so I really say when I went back to Chicago, so I left Chicago in sixth grade and went to Madison, Wisconsin, and I was fucking up up there too. So my pops came and took me back my freshman year. And Did you move up there because you was getting in trouble in Chicago? No, nah, it was like, so it was, I was, I was always a straight A student, not a real student and shit. So really? I was, yeah, I was, I Hold had, up. <laughs> I got to ask you, what was your favorite subject? Um, science. For real, for real, like like when we took them like ACTs and shit like that and them ASAT tests and shit like that, I really was probably 
acing the science portion or just missing one question and shit like that. So my score would be something stupid just because of my science portion type shit. So yeah, science. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm curious to know, do you still remember like, do you know a science fact that you feel like nobody knows? I don't really know because I'd be so high. <laughs> so it's like, it, it, it's so much shit like, I'd be trying to help my kids with their homework sometime. It'd be like, oh no, go ask your mama. I'm cool, cause I'm, you know, I got a 10-year-old and 6-year-old, they're my two oldest, so it's like, they get school, school, and mm-hmm. shit, I don't be remembering none of that shit. No, I'm gonna <laughs> say the kid, like, now, like, cause I have a daughter, and I was reading her stuff, they be wording it, like, using all these big words, you know, we didn't have yeah, big we, words, like, we just had yeah. equations and shit, but yeah. now, you know. It's different, they weren't doing that with us, it's advanced now, like, they gave us real advanced classes, they starting up put them kids just automatic advance, so. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But getting back into when life got real for you, you said that you moved to Wisconsin and then back to Chicago. Yeah, yeah so it was cool. Like my, my mama decided to move out there to change her life around and shit or whatever. I ended up going out there with her, but when I got out there, I took the Chicago mentality with me. So I got my own little gang and shit. I'm getting expelled from school and fighting every week and all type of shit. So my pops came and took me back and brought me back freshman year. And that's when life got real, real for me. Like, I feel like like the war in my neighborhood started off a little situations with me and niggas over females. So it'd be little fist fights and then, you know, people come shoot at us and we gotta defend ourselves. And that shit started real life beefs. So that's really one of the first situations dealing with me and like probably two more of my homies is that we beefing over females and like we was fighting, but mm-hmm. niggas coming shooting at us, and we like, God damn, what, what's the what? Why? Oh, so it's like y'all were the fighters, and like yeah. other people was like, niggas was more advanced than us for real, for real. Like mm-hmm. we had to catch on and catch up, but it's like I had big cousins and shit. Like my pops was never with that shit. He ain't want me doing none of that shit. But I had big cousins going behind. I'm like, fuck that, cuz them niggas trying to kill you, huh? Protect yourself. So you know what I'm saying? Like I thank God for them niggas. Like like rest in peace to my cousin, big guy. Like. Mm-hmm. I first get into anything and niggas shooting at me over females, you know what I'm saying? He made sure I was straight. He made sure I had something to protect myself. So my pops was against it, but he like, shit, man, fuck that. I'd rather you protect yourself than let a nigga kill you. So right. it all, and all that shit was over girls. It wasn't over nothing serious. It wasn't over no money, nothing. It was over females, for real. So once you got shot at, was that in that moment, did you realize like, damn, it ain't no point in fighting no more. Like we gotta move on to the other stuff. Nah, I still was beating on that. <laughs> I still, to this day, I still see a nigga and punch on him. But it's like, you know, people don't respect fighting. In Chicago, it's like really a pride thing. It's really in most places too, like, like people really think they look at cities like Chicago and be like, oh, them niggas think they tough because of such and such. Like, nah, I give everybody they props. Every city and state got gangsters. They right. got niggas that's in the streets and niggas that's doing shit. Like, but it's like, with us, like, I just imagine a nigga get punched in front of his girl and knocked out. He don't want to come back and fight you. He gonna try to kill you because you embarrassed him. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it really yeah. be a pride thing with niggas in Chicago because it's like, even if we fight like me and then you lose, but everybody like, damn, you let that nigga beat your ass. So now nah, it's other niggas, man, you gonna have to kill that nigga. And that's why I just had some people mentality be though. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I ain't never really think like, I don't, that shit is, 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 is all self-defense with me. Mm-hmm. It's all self-defense. I ain't doing no, I ain't going out just looking to hurt nobody. Like, I'm just, I'm protecting myself though. That's it. 
Now, on the outside looking in, because I've never lived in Chicago, um, I know like back in the day, it was a point in time where like Chicago shootings always on the news. Like they had Chicago painted out as like fucking Iraq, like a war zone. But with you actually living there and growing up there, what was that like for you to just witness everything going around? What going on? So. I can be honest and say growing up, I didn't see majority of that shit that was going on. Like Chicago was really fun at one point. Like we really could take the bus and go to other people's neighborhoods and go to parties or ride bikes or, or go to the beach or be in the park. And like, it was real fun at one point in time. And then it's just like shit just started switching over and it's just people who start dying. So it's like the picture they paint of Chicago is absolutely true, but only in certain areas though. Like from where we from, I'm from 59th and King Drive. That's the south side, southeast really. Mm -hmm. Our shit fucked up. But it's all we also right by Hyde Park and Brownsville and shit like that. And Obama House in Hyde Park. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like good, bad, good, bad, 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 good. Like you really can't tell where you at, but that shit going on. So it's like Iraq's in it's like Iraq in certain parts of Chicago but not the whole city. Downtown is beautiful. Like, you, you really ain't shit gonna happen to you down there up north, a lot of spots. Like, it's a lot of places. We've got a lot of west suburbs, south suburbs. Like, you'll be good, but it's just like, it depended on where you at. So like, yeah, the picture they paint, that's true. It's like Iraq. It's like niggas got switches and niggas is, everybody got guns and they just doing whatever with them. And they killing and they shooting, but you got a lot of spots that's good. But growing up, I ain't really see none of that shit until I got to my, you know, like I seen a nigga get killed before at a young age, but it wasn't like on no everyday basis how it's going on, mm -hmm. like right now. But they also, I know they probably trying to stop the virus, but they portraying a bad image of Chicago though, but they ain't trying to help. They just putting it out there. But shit, yeah, it's, it's half and half. Half Iraq and half is, is, is good. Oh, wow. Now growing up outside of, you know, the rap, were you into like sports or stuff like that? Yeah, see, I, I played sports. For that little two, three years, I went to Wisconsin. But by the time I came back, the Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. The street shit just hit me so hard that I couldn't do none of that shit. I couldn't play sports and do none of that. Like, uh, it was just like, you know, how can I go to a football game knowing niggas want to try to kill me or something? You know what I'm saying? They, they know I got to go to practice and they know I got to... You know what I'm saying? Go to guy, go to games and shit. So I couldn't like that was snatched from me, really, because of the street shit and the lifestyle. So yeah, like and I was shit. I was great at that football shit. I was great, great defensive end. 
and shit. I played a little bit of basketball, but I, I wasn't really feeling that. They just trying to force me because I was tall. But I like to hit <laughs> niggas. I like contact. So I yeah. was liking the football. I want to uh, like hurt somebody. So that's what I was on. Damn. I think that's really crazy. Like, so basically you were in sports, but the street life was so crazy that you couldn't really do it like you wanted to. Did you ever feel discouraged about that at times? Um, no, because it was like I never was playing sports to be like, oh, I'm, I'm about to go to the NFL. I'm saying I was playing sports because that's what people do when they play sports. But it's just like, shit, unfortunately, I really, even if I wanted to, I couldn't do it no more. Because, shit, it was about me coming back. I came back to Chicago fresh in high school and then, shit, now niggas done put me in some gangbanging shit. So I, like, it ain't even really matter to me for real. I really wanted to be an architect and shit. Like, yeah, I, I ain't care about no sports and shit like that. I wanted to build and structure buildings and shit mm -hmm. like and uh, i'm looking at shit downtown like damn if i build that if i design that i'd be a billionaire so i used to like build legos and shit like my whole room when i was a kid was full of lego sets and shit the little bitty pieces with the instructions i was doing that shit at five years old six years old like building all that shit by myself got my pops coming in my room ready to cry nigga you did this by yourself you feel me like so yeah i ain't, I ain't care about sports ain't, it ain't really matter to me that much wow I had watched an interview and you talked about how you actually had to end up leaving school because people were like dead ass trying to kill you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit is crazy. <clears throat> like, what? So, I guess I would ask, like, when did you know at that point, like, okay, like, these niggas really trying to kill me? It was like, you know, I'm in high school and there's little shit going on, but it got to the point to where my name was ringing so much and it was getting so big and I was so many points in the streets to certain people that they like shit we can't catch him he gonna go to school because my pops like everybody in the hood and my pops even the ops i'm related to op niggas and shit too like i got cousins that's on the other side so and niggas actually went to school with me and all type of shit so i figured them niggas looked at it like oh yeah we know how to catch him and catch him here niggas really even shot at me in front of school and shit and i walked into school and shot at me right behind me as i'm walking in so it was mm -hmm. like damn shit I can't even go to school no more. Like, I might as well just get 10 toes down and shit, cause shit, like these niggas coming up here trying to kill me for real. Like, you know, so I can't, like if school was over with for me for real, for real. They end up expelling me for some bullshit that happened and they were saying like it was the reason cause they was targeting me, but it's like shit, at that point I ain't even care no more. I was deep in the streets, I'm shit. I'ma sell something and I'm good, I'm cool. I ain't even care. Like I, I couldn't, I was being from alternative schools too, so I couldn't go to no schools, period, in Chicago no more. Uh -huh. I was like, it's like, fuck it. I was already in my senior year. I was like, fuck it. Yeah. So having to be on alert, like, all the time, I'm pretty sure, like, your fight or flight would kick in. Like, would it kick in when you first wake up in the morning? Like, I'm always alert. Like, that shit kick in automatically when you just used to hearing, boom, 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 boom. You just hear it, used to it. Like, you can hear them echoes from gunshots in your ear. When you wake up, when you going to sleep, you know what I'm saying? I done seen some of my homies die at a young age and shit. So, like, I got a positive paranoia about everything. Like, I don't trust nothing. And I'm watching everything. Like, I don't even trust my own family and shit like that. Like, I don't... Like, it, it's hard for me to take heed to people and, like, let people get close to me because I don't trust. Like, I done been through a lot of shit. So, yeah, like, I got a... I have a... a a very great positive paranoia like people might take it like oh you paranoid like you a hoe you a bitch or something no you be to be aware is to be alive and 
shit, I'm going to always have my antennas up. And I'm going to always just be like, you know, because I know how it's been my whole life. Shit, I've been having beef with niggas that I didn't know I had beef with. So there's points where I'm certain places and niggas are still on me and try to jump on me or something. And I don't even know them, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, I always got to be alert and just on point so won't nobody do nothing to me. You're the first person that I ever heard use positive parent paranoia shit how do you say positive paranoia yeah (laughs) yeah positive paranoia like i ain't never heard nobody say that i kind of want you to go into details of like what what exactly that is because when most people feel like especially people with a street mentality they wouldn't just sit here and be like oh i'll be paranoid because niggas gonna be like oh that's scary ass nigga but that's not the case a positive paranoia is like it's like PTSD. You done been through certain shit, so you know what can happen and what to look out for and what to try to prevent from happening. Mm-hmm. So you gotta be on your tippy toes. So yeah, you that's paranoid. You paranoid. You paranoid. You like, oh yeah, what's? You gotta watch everything around you so you make sure you good and don't nothing happen to you. So that's really the definition of positive paranoia is paranoia that's gonna save your life. For real, for real. Right. Yeah. Now, I do want to ask you, because I know you grew up like in the drill era, like if I'm not mistaken, where you out? Well, your the beginning was like 2014 for you. Along yeah, that like line. like, yeah, 2014 and 15. Yeah. You want to know what I think is so crazy, like when you really study like the drill era, a lot of the times like people started rapping based off of like, you know, their friends like passing away. Mm-hmm. And would you say was that the case for you or it was something that you've always wanted to do? No, that was it. I really only started rapping because of L.A. Capone. So I'm pretty sure if the world don't know him, L.A. Capone, he from 600, he would have been our biggest artist. He's still our biggest artist, even, you know. But um, he was great. And Shorty was, to me, like one of the greatest of all time, like on the music side. And he was just about to blow, blow. And he ended up getting killed. So, you know, with that in Chicago, you know how niggas playing it. They are, we smoking him and we doing this and that. and. That was nothing but disrespect. So, shit, I recorded Don't Get Smoked, basically on some, I'm dissing niggas for him. So as soon as the song come on, I'm LA. Screaming LA, so you know what I'm on. And I, the names I named out was the niggas that was dissing him and all type of shit. I'm on the songs about what I'm gonna do to niggas, all type of shit, you feel me? But that shit, that shit took me. It blew up, first song. If I'm not mistaken, that was one of your like biggest songs. Mm-hmm. Right now, to this day, I think that shit got like 10, 12 million views or something like that. I don't know. And, but yeah, like that was like one of my bigger songs. And that was the first one, like mm-hmm. my first song. So it was like, I just started, kept coming after that. Like, and I always think it's crazy too that, you know, you guys are seeing much success with y'all's rap careers, but like outside of the music, like y'all really going through some dark, crazy yeah. shit. Yeah, and, and to other people, you got to think of people who ain't never been through shit and they living at home with a white picket fence and a, and a fluffy dog and shit. And they, you know, their parents paying for them to go to school and college and they in after school programs and they ain't never seen nobody get killed or seen no gang members or seen no drugs and none of that shit. So they look at our life and feel like this shit fake or feel like it's a movie or feel like it's exciting. But They study it. Like, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I, I'm sitting right here with like 13 dead niggas tattooed on me. You feel me? That I love dearly. That's from 600. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's like, damn. You know? Like, that, that's pain. That's real trauma. You know what I'm saying? Like, I done held some of these people in their last dying moments. I done 
know what I'm saying? Seen a nigga stretched out or dead or, or had to carry my own casket. People don't be knowing how that shit feel for real. That's that's the the part that they'll probably never experience, and they, I don't think people will be able to take it. Like I think some people will commit suicide and shit like that. Like so imagine they lose their best friend or their brother or their daddy or their mama even like Chicago churches or a nigga kill your baby. Like some people won't be able to just go through and endure the shit that we did like it's just like you know we survivors we soldiers like we strong for real for real so hell yeah we really we really going through it behind the scenes and it's still going on to this day like y'all see what's going on like now this shit done you know it's, it's outside of chicago niggas from chicago down other places and shit you know what i'm saying like my homie killed himself in la you know what i'm saying so it's like I don't know, like, damn, what could he, he probably was really going through a lot of pain. And I ain't mad at him. I love him to death. But that mm -hmm. shit hurts. It's like, damn, bro. Like, you know, you could have talked to us or something, but ain't no telling what he was going through. And we done took so many losses. He probably couldn't take it. Yeah, I feel as though, like, people kind of treat you guys as if y'all aren't human and y'all, like, have never been through no real stuff or that you guys I don't even know how to put it, but like I said earlier, like you guys are not human. You telling me that you got like 13 people that you lost. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Tatted on you. I'm gonna be honest. If I lost 13 people, like I probably, I would check out, especially like my close loved ones. So I want to ask you, like, how are you able to just, how were you able to really focus on your career throughout all of that and really just like stand 10 toes and keep your strength up going through stuff like that? So it was like, I endured the most pain before the career. So it was like, when we started taking losses first, we took them back to back. D-Thing, Lil Steve, another Lil Steve, Baldy, Shaq, like they was coming back to back. So we took a quick six, seven loss fast. Like, God damn, like, we ain't had no dead homies. So that was really motivation for me to do the music. But I was just portraying the people like, yeah, I'm from 600. We really like that. We ain't no hoes. And we, you know, like, yeah, it looked like we losing. But them niggas, little, I was on shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it was just like, it was like I started taking like in a in the midst of the career, my first mixtape, right before I dropped the first mixtape, I lost Lil Boo. And that was like, damn, like he him and Stello, right back to back. And they two very important people from my neighborhood. So it was like, damn, like I don't think I don't think I dropped another tape for a whole year because I was dealing with that shit. You know, it was like it was a fucked up situation. So really I was doing drugs. I was doing drugs, ecstasy, perks, lean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've been smoking my whole life, but like, I was doing all that other shit and just to cope, like, from that, cause it's like, damn, like now, I, I'm getting a following, I'm getting a buzz, and people know me, and people are excited when they see me, but my niggas gone. Like, and that shit is just be like, damn, I can't, I really can't get these niggas back. I still got their numbers saved in my phone and shit like that. You know, like looking at old text messages and shit, like, damn, my nigga gone. Like, so it's like, I really use drugs to cope from that shit. And that ain't a good, that ain't good. My kidney fucked up right now. 
Really? Yeah, like from all that lean and shit, you know, all them perks and shit. Like your body can't take that shit. That shit is medicine. You're supposed to take it in small portions, but we abusing it. So you abusing it like that and we don't, we doing it for the high and to forget about the trauma, but we not knowing what we really doing to ourselves. Like my kidney hurt sitting right here right now, talking to you, bad, you feel me? And I ain't, I don't drink lean no more. But my body gotta repair itself. That shit gotta gonna take time. Like I, I, it took me years to fuck my body up. It's gonna take me years to repair it. Mm-hmm. But it's just the aftermath of it. But I, that's what I get from using them drugs to cope. But some people don't have no other ways to cope. That's why some people kill themselves and shit like that. But I never, you know, I can't leave my people. Like I got too many people that love me and I love life. So I, I, don't, I can never turn a gun to myself or take some fake drugs or. Yeah, crash the car, like I can't, I can't do it. So, yeah, really. So drugs, drugs, what got me through that shit? Okay, so I do want to ask you: Have you fully got to enjoy like the success of your career? Nah, I say no nah, because every time I get to a, a, a bigger point, I go to jail. So it's like every time I get to the point, uh, I'm on jets and in mansions and. And, and arenas and shit like that, boom, I go to jail for a few years. Or just a little bit of time or whatever. And that shit always putting a, a halt on my shit is always, you know, so hell no, I don't feel like I got to, like, you know, that's what I'm working towards right now. Cause I'm off parole, so I ain't going to jail no more, none of that shit. Like, it's like, now I got to get to that point to where I can really, I, I know how to, ignore certain shit and let certain shit go to mm-hmm. be able to say I can enjoy anything. So back then I, it was impossible for me to enjoy it because my mind was still a lot of fucked up places. Man, um, okay, so an- another interview that I watched when you were talking about being in jail is how when you were in like solita- solitary confinement and how you spoke on like, even to this day, like that shit kind of still fucks with your head being mm-hmm. in solitary confinement. So like, what was that experience like for you? So this room had a floor and shit set up. Mm-hmm. It's similar to how a jail cell is. So imagine the even the concrete slab you laying on look like this floor. And it's smaller than a twin size bed size with a mat that's this big with uh, a wool blanket with holes in it. So you're gonna be cold anyway, with one little ass sheet with holes in it. And you don't got nothing else. They give you one book a day or every two days. You can't use the phone. You can't contact nobody. You can't watch TV. You don't get no sunlight. They put, they cover the windows up so no sunlight can come in. And mentally, if you're not strong enough, you can't endure that. Just, you know what I'm saying, having no contact to, you got to scream through your door to other people in their cells. And you eating three small meals a day. And the first one you get is at five o'clock in the morning. The second one is at 10.30 or 11 o'clock in the morning. And the last one will be at three or four o'clock in the afternoon. And from that time from, so you basically don't get no food for 10 hours to 11 hours or something. Then it'd be some bullshit. It's like, that shit is torture. It's like they put you in a small box, like you're an animal and cage you in, and you ain't got nothing in there but your thoughts and yourself. Like, you wondering, 
what's happening to your mama, to your kids, to your girl, to your friends, what's going on? Like, like when you, if you were just out regularly on the yard, being able to use the phone and shit like that, you, you'd be more okay because you can contact the outside world. But mm-hmm. you're really stuck in this box, whining like a little dog, you feel me? Basically, let, like, so they, your, your master can let you out. That shit, mentally, Mentally, that shit is like, damn. Like, I'm a strong person. I've been through so much shit. But a lot of niggas commit suicide in jail and shit when they be in the hole. And that's why they be putting niggas in turtle suits. They strip them and put them in a little, in a little turtle suit and shit and put them in padded rooms so they can't hurt themselves. You know what I'm saying? That's not making it no better. You're making it mentally worse for this person. But, man, that shit, that shit is some of the worst shit I ever encountered in my life. I ain't gonna lie. And, I, and I've done times in the 30 days, 60 days, 90. This time I just did damn near 90 to 100 days straight. Recently? Mm-hmm. In solitary confinement? Mm-hmm. I just came home February 22nd. So, like I did damn near 120 days straight, damn near 100, 100 days. No. It was like for no reason though, too. It's like the COVID shit fuck it up now, so they automatically make you be on restriction. So it's basically like you in a whole segregation for like two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. But then after that, they had put you in general population. They ain't do that with me. They just left me. So it was just like, damn. Like, you don't, you have no contact to nobody or nothing. Just in a little ass room that's uncomfortable. That shit, I don't know. That shit, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. For real. You wouldn't been through a lot, man. Yeah. But I do want to shed light, more light onto your music career. And I do want to ask you, like, what were some moments that you really enjoyed, even from the first time that you were pursuing your career and just watching your overall success as an artist coming from Chicago? Like, my, my biggest moments to me in my career, you know, Don't Get Smoked was my first song. Mm-hmm. And just imagine you being an up and coming artist and you drop really one, two songs and you get on Instagram and you see a DM from Drake. And he basically like, oh, I fuck with you, I fuck with what you're doing. Woo woo. Like, you know, we gonna link up. And we really linked, and I was with that nigga for like a whole year. <laughs> Feel me, like? Oh, you? I didn't know that you. Oh, so you was like really kicking it with Drake, yeah, like? Yeah, like. Oh I was shit. on dinner the whole summer '16 tour with that nigga. Like, them niggas OVO family to me. Mm-hmm. Like, all them niggas, Chubbs, Baca, Preen, uh, um, like Future, not the Future the rapper, but Future is like his, like he do a lot for bro. But uh, CJ. Like, them niggas is family for real. Like, I done really moved around with them and did a lot with them niggas. So that was like one of the biggest moments of my career because Drake introduced me to everything. I got on private jets with him for the first time. I seen real mansions, real, like the real ones, the Beverly Hills shit and the shit in the hills with the, the infinity pools and shit like that. Like I seen all that first shit with him, the backstage at arenas and shit. Seeing how they party after the shows, like I've been there for all that security guards. We jumping out of trucks. We gotta hurry up and get moving <laughs> in and out of spots. Yeah. I did all that with him. So. 
When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I'd say that was one of my biggest moments in my career. Then my second, my second was my second mixtape. So it's really like we're going down the line. Second mixtape was Breezo uh, George Gervin, Iceman Edition. And I got a chance to work with OJ the Juice Man. And OJ and Gucci played a big part in my career and just my, my lifestyle, for real. Like, them, I was, them was the best rappers in the world to me at one point. You feel me? Like, right. like you know? So, and I really looked up to them niggas and their lifestyle. So, I was just in the studio. I was in Street Execs. And um, rest in peace to Bankroll Fresh. He used to be around and shit, too. Like, um, and we all in the studio one day. Me, Bankroll Fresh, uh, E-Day, like, covered my homies from 600 and shit. Like, and then just Juice Man walking that motherfucker. Well, I'm Cap One, it's a bunch of us in there. Juice Man walking that bitch and go 600. Just off the voice. I'm hell no, I swear to God. He like, man, man, bro, I fuck with you. I said, no, fuck that, hold on. I pulled out my phone and called my mama, I swear to God. I, I pulled out my phone and called my mama and was like, I'm like, hold on, Juice, hold on. He, I know he looking like, what the fuck? I'm like, mama, guess what? See what, baby? I, guess who I'm in the studio with right now? See who? I said, OJ the Juice Man. My mama said, oh, hey! <laughs> See, baby, I'm so excited. I'm happy for you. You in the, like you get to work with one of your favorite rappers. So now Juice looking like, damn, this nigga fuck with me for real. and called his mama. So I just wanted him to hear that shit. Like, you know, because yeah. I wasn't trying to fangirl or no shit like that. But it was just like, nigga, I was trying to let him know you fuck with me. But no, nigga, I fuck with you way harder than you fuck with me. So me and Juice then they did a whole mixtape. You know what I'm saying? Like... So that was like, like another, that, that was a big, big moment for me because I got to work with somebody that that was on my everyday playlist and, and really like sit and chop it up with them. Like besides the studio, we had link up and you know what I'm saying? Like just get high and just ride around, some, ride around Ace Street nigga shit. Like, mm-hmm. so I ain't gonna lie, them, them, them two things are like biggest to me, like in my career for real. Yeah. Now, after you guys, you know, with the success of y'all in the drill era, do you feel like it's a little harder for the youngins that are now rapping in Chicago? I don't think it's harder. Like, what you mean? Like, music-wise? Like yeah, I would it? say music-wise, because, you know, they're going to deal with the constant comparisons to y'all. And it's like, you know, you guys set a blueprint like y'all set the imprint and it's like when they're coming in it's like damn they got to deal with the constant comparisons like oh y'all don't say yeah like it's it. a yeah. Ooh, baby herb keith dirk pappy la e like they got a long list of niggas that they gotta get you know what i'm saying compared to but i feel like that's just gonna make shorty them better though like we set the tone for them and we ain't come to play. So it's like with the drill era, Chicago came with heavy hitters, like back to back to back to back. And, and, and like even some of our ops, they they even, you know, got a name for themselves and was big. So it's like, shorty them should look at that as motivation. 
and be like, we elite, we the ones. So when they come out, they should just, you know, just be like, shit, I just got to go hard. I got to go crazy so I can, you know, be in that list of greats. Mm -hmm. That's it. I don't think it's too hard on them because they dealing with the same shit we dealt with. And it's easier for them because they got a light on them already that we didn't have. Right. Like we had to earn that light. They already got it on them because of people like us. So I feel like it should be easy for them. Was there any point in your career where any beef that you was in kind of overshadowed your music? I don't really. I don't really, I feel like all, all, everything, like, anything that ain't dealing with music uh, kind of overshadowed the music because of the fact that people be so focused on the messy negative shit, you know? Yeah. So it's like, no matter the situation, no matter if it was beef or what, just because it's some shade room type shit, just because it's like a soap opera, like, people be into that type of shit so hell yeah like because people gonna pay attention to that more than they pay attention to the music first like some it, it might lead some people to the music but some people probably only there for the messy shit because they bitter what they like like, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Like I used to see, I used to see you in the media a lot, a lot. For, like a lot of things. But I do want to ask you. Okay, so the deadbeat father stigma that was placed upon you mm -hmm. for a situation that they don't understand. And I got kids. I got kids. Like, and people don't think. People think that the kids that they think is mine, they think, oh, that's mine. No, I got kids. I got a 10-year-old. That's my oldest. You feel me? I've been having kids. Ain't nobody never seen nobody say that shit about me. So that's just a situation that they need to mind their business on because y'all grown people. Why y'all worried about kids? This shit real. That's a real-life situation. That ain't nothing to play about. I understand they hit the net or whatever, but people be too focused on that messy soap opera shit. So people ain't thinking about it like, Shorty them got to grow up and they going to see that shit and be like, damn, our life was surrounded by some fucked up shit. Like, you got to protect them babies. So that's why I don't even speak on it. I don't, people, when that shit be happening, they don't, they don't see me say nothing because I need that taken care of the proper way. Right. And in, in courts or some shit like that, you know, because it ain't got too far out of hand. But I feel like people shouldn't worry about that type of shit. Like. It's all type of other things in life that they can worry about than other people's kids or other people's infidelities or other people's personal life. Mm -hmm. But that's just bitter people. They upset with shit that went on in their life. So just imagine 2,000, 10,000, a million bitter baby mamas that had fucked up situations all it takes is for one person to say oh he don't do this and now all them going against me that shit don't mean nothing to me because shit that'll make me go and buy my son an extra playstation or my daughter an extra bike or you know because i know what i'm doing so it's like that that shit don't mean nothing to me like that shit gonna get taken care of the proper way and on my behalf, nobody's never gonna know about it because I don't speak on it and I'm never gonna speak on it. Right. I feel like people should just mind their business, especially when it come to babies, they precious. They ain't got nothing to do with them, you know? Like, that shit between grown people 
And I feel like certain shit like that just should be left alone. But yeah. people get a kick out of being in the comments. They ain't got nothing going on with themselves. So they gonna get in the comments and try to bash somebody else, but they, shit, they short on their rent. They car just got repoed. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like they can't afford to put their kids to school. So how you worried about somebody else's kids and your kids ain't straight? Your baby, your baby pamper sagging and you can't afford no more pull-ups. But you worried about, you know, like, yeah. so yeah, that shit. I feel like personal shit like that shouldn't be touched on, but I don't get no fuck how people feel about me and what they say. They talking about me. Thank you. <laughs> now, when it comes to fatherhood, what would you say are some morals and principles that you're instilling into your kids now? It's like, I'm really just teaching my kids to not do the shit that they seen me do and they seen still to this day, you know, cause I don't got no little bitty babies. Like, I got a I got a one year old son. You feel mm-hmm. me? But other than that, my kids is all big kids, and they on tablets and phones, and they see everything. Especially my daughter. My daughter be calling me, um, daddy. Oh, she be see. Oh, oh. I be getting in trouble. Like she the parent. <laughs> She's sick, you feel me? Wait, how does she be seeing that though? She like what? She, she be on, on the YouTube side. YouTube and she know probably her, oh. her cousins or something told her, yeah, that, yes, your, your daddy, they, they, that she probably, that's my daddy. She know his name's 600 Breezy. So Ooh. that day she done looked it up and be like, so she done called me and daddy. Has she ever asked days? you, has she ever asked you, okay, cause you know they be making like them full YouTube length documentaries over mm. y'all. Has she watched one of those? I, I, I don't really know cause I be trying to tell her like to stop watching it. <laughs> Like, don't watch yeah. my videos. Don't watch that stuff, baby. Like, daddy love you. That's a that's a fake version of me. Don't pay attention to that. But it's like, damn. Like, she's seeing that shit. So it's like, with my daughter, like, you know, I, I got videos and shit. Girls shaking their ass and shit like that. But I'm at home telling my, don't do that. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. Uh, like, but you don't think about this before you had kids. You know what I'm saying? Even when you get, it takes stuff like that. Like, my son, 10. And I know I started fucking two years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel me? So he in that age range, so I gotta really watch him now. So it's like, I can't do nothing but programming him to be like, don't be like me. Like, right. I already miss a lot of time with them because I be on the road and shit and I'm not with their mamas and I got multiple baby mamas. So it's like, it's a fucked up situation, you know? Yeah. That's another thing, like, people gotta realize what they doing too like you know when you just fucking and living in the moment you don't think like that but when you got different kids in different places and shit like that it's like that shit hard to keep up with like so i understand marriages and families and shit now i understand a two-parent household and shit now because i be missing out on a lot of shit with my shorties and that shit be that shit hurt a nigga feelings for real because they be like damn but how am i being two places at one time like Shit, some birthdays be too close to each other all on the same day, and they be like, how am I going to do that if the mamas don't like each other so the party can't happen together? They ain't, you know, like, it just be crazy, like, but yeah. don't nobody think about it like that. So I just, shit, I just really, especially in my son, I, like, wear condoms, nigga. Like, <laughs> shit, it's like, then they, they taking away abortions and shit, so I can't even tell them, like, you, even if you fuck up, you'll be able to, you know, like, so it's going to be harder, but... Shit, I just really tell, like, teach them not to do half the shit I did. Like, I did that shit, and I'm doing what I'm doing now, so they don't got to go through that. 
Right. Yeah. Man, now you just recently dropped your project, Retaliation, mm -hmm. August. So talk about this project and exactly what it meant to you. So the, this one was big for me because it was like, you know, that's why I named it Retaliation because it was like Get Back. So it's like, I done had so many bumps in my career, jail and shit like that. That's why my cover is all the mug shots. And that ain't even all the mug shots on my life, you feel me? So that's just showing like what I've been through and where like some some people would be like, he just wasn't rapping and he disappeared. And niggas like, nigga, he was just in jail for two years. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, this really the get back for me. This really like me coming back and taking my spot back. So. I'm, I'm I'm on some tough shit. I'm chastising niggas, and then I'm gonna give them music too. Like, yeah. I'm giving them music. I, I'm giving them music that I never gave them before. Like, I got an ass shaking song on there. They never heard that type of shit. <laughs> I got I got a feature from Money Man on there. I, I never did no features. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like I got potential club shit, and I got the street shit too. So this one was big for me because then the production. I got Forever Rolling on there twice. I got Hitmaker. I got um, 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 Bankroll Got It. I got Rocaine. Like. Uh, Markel 806, like I got a good line of production too. So this one, she really, it's just a start for me. Uh, so uh, some greater shit, for real. Are you feeling a lot like more motivated, like a lot more inspired and shit now? Hell yeah, cause it was like, I was on parole. So the thing was, it's like I got a parent hanging over my head, telling me what I can and can't do, slapping me on the wrist. And if I fuck up, they gonna put me on punishment and put me in jail. So I started rapping in 2014, 15, I was already on probation and had rules and shit, but I wasn't following them. That's why I went to jail in 2017. Cause mm -hmm. they, they let me bottle up all the bullshit. They had a, a stack this big of violation paper, of me traveling to places I wasn't supposed to, guns and videos, uh, liquor, me in clubs. I wasn't supposed to be outside past 11.30 at night. I wasn't supposed to go to no bars, none of that shit. They had everything they needed. I had 20, 30, 30 UAs. Like, they stacked that shit up and they, they basically let me do me and was like, all right, you all, you thought you done? Nah, we finna send your ass to prison. You ain't listening the whole time. And we sat there and just watched you and let you do it. So go ahead and lay your, go ahead. Go, wow, go so to they back. was stacking up the paperwork. My whole career. They even had Drake in my paperwork. You know what I'm saying? They like, had Drake in your paperwork. Because they was watching me like that. You feel wow. me? Like, <laughs> they watched, so they, they, you know, anything I was doing or I was around, they was on because they was trying to get me for something else. But I wasn't doing no criminal shit. I was really just rapping. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I had just came from selling drugs and I was in a serious drug ring. So they like, man, hell no. Nah. Because everybody else on my case, like, chose not to be smart and, and went back to the same place we was at and all got caught and went fed. But then there's me, the only one that's out out of all these damn near 20 people that was in this first conspiracy, so they don't believe that, oh, I just let that shit go. They basically looking at it like, oh, that's a facade. And he, you know, he's supplying them, but that wasn't the case. So I really had to plead my innocence. Wow, so they painted you as a drug dealer, but you were rapping like that. I was really get when I got caught, I was done. When I got caught with that shit, they uh, the numbers they threw out there were so crazy. I'm like, ooh, no, I'm cool, I'm cool. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it just so happened the same people I was with, they ain't do when they let everybody out of jail. They started a whole new investigation on them and them niggas. You know what I'm saying? They mm -hmm. locked them back up, but 
how it look if they got everybody but this one person. So they like, no, nah, they made it seem like, no, nah, this nigga just too smart. But it was really, I had a paper trail. I was really doing the right thing. So now that's the fact that, oh, this nigga doing the right thing. Fuck that. Hell no, he a low-life drug dealing ass nigga. We just can't catch him, so violate him and send him to prison anyway. They still got some years out of me. Even though I was innocent of the shit they was trying to put on me and what they was watching me for. So mm -hmm. that was all that shit was illegal because they watching me for another charge that was never there for me. So they was like, fuck it. He got, we just can't let him walk. He got them bullshit violations. Let's just start his number over and send him back to prison and, and fuck his career up. That's how I felt like they looked at that shit. Like, wow. Now, before we wrap up, I promise we almost did. Yeah, <laughs> we cool. almost did. So, okay, so you know the internet trolls is trying to come for you right now with your recent interview. Um, just to break down the perspective, because I don't know if things probably got taken out of context, but in your perspective, the things that you said throughout the interview, like, where's that coming from? What place is that coming from, I would say? That, it, like, all that shit, them questions be about Vaughn. Yeah. And it be me trying to defend Vaughn, because it's be like, First of all, I feel like ain't nobody defending them. And then it's like, when people ask me certain questions, I just, I speak off emotions. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So a lot of shit, but like you said, it be trolls. So a lot of shit that people saying or trying to say or whatever, it's like, I don't be giving no fuck. Cause it's like, I'm speaking, all right, I'm speaking from a, a place of hurt that you know what i'm saying a nigga that was doing so great in from the same place i'm at he did and gone so you know i'm just at the point the way i'm like i ain't just answering no more questions about folks because it's like i answered everything i can answer but right. you know that's just the internet and you can't beat the internet so it's like people use that snitch word too loosely Cause if you ain't never incriminated a nigga or got nobody locked up or in their paperwork, or you feel me, in a, some type of criminal case, you ain't no snitch. So, you know, they just be throwing that shit out there. And then a lot of them blogs be switching up shit that be said too. Like, there's been a lot of situations like they say I said something or whatever, and people won't take the time to look at the video and see like, he ain't say that shit. They just gonna go off the caption. So I don't be really keen because ain't nobody going to do nothing to me. Now, I look at it like that. That's why I get on that tough shit. Who's going to do something to me? Because <laughs> yeah. I, ain't, I ain't, you feel me? Like, I'm going to say what I want to say at the end of the day. And I ain't incriminating nobody. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't on no hating shit. I ain't on no sucker shit. So they not used to people that tell the truth or be honest about just anything. Everybody mm -hmm. lies and they putting up a facade and I'm too real to put up a facade. So, yeah, shit. I just be really speaking out of emotions on a lot of shit, but I learned to stop doing that too because people not gonna understand where you coming from. They gonna make it seem like it's something else and yeah. hide behind the internet and say crazy shit. But a lot of them fans be the same motherfucker or, be, or say some disrespectful shit then see you be fanned out and take a picture and post it. Damn, guess who I bumped into? Not knowing if I knew that's what you said. Right, yeah. You know, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of that shit be emotion, though. Like, you know, we didn't cover that beginning of this shit. Like, I done been through a lot of shit. So when it be about yeah. dead people, 
it just be deep as hell. Like, it be deep. So, you know, a lot of shit just don't be meant to be talked about for real. Like I said, a lot of shit don't be for the internet, but the internet only want, they want that shit. That's what mm-hmm. they looking for. They gonna egg that shit on and make it big because that's what they want. They don't be looking for the positive. They looking for the messy. They want some bullshit. If it ain't no bullshit, it ain't good to them. For real. Now, before we officially wrap up, what advice that's been on your heart, like what advice would you give to the younger ones who are looking up to you? Don't follow our footsteps. And I'm not saying with the rapping and the money and the chains and the cars and the girls and the fame, I ain't saying that. I'm saying don't follow our footsteps in the street beef, the gang culture, the the shit that's gonna shorten your lifestyle, the drugs, the lean perks, all that shit, oxys, zans, like don't follow rappers' footsteps in that shit. Like a lot of that shit be entertainment. Some of them niggas really don't even do half that shit. Some of them niggas never been in the shootout. Some of them niggas never really pop the molly or nothing, you know what I'm saying? But they telling you to do it and then you doing it and you really killing yourself and you setting yourself up for failure. So my advice to the people that, cause I know our wave was treacherous. Like our wave was about murder and mayhem and it was glorified, but you know, with us personally, we ain't want to live our life like that. It was a survival tactic. So I just say, don't get into the gang banging and, and all that shit. Like if you can live a good life and go to college and have a job that pay $40, $60 an hour or some shit. And you know what I'm saying? Like, and don't have no enemies and don't got to look over your shoulder and shit. And don't got to have no type of paranoia in your life. Don't do it and don't put yourself through it. Like it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. I lost a lot of my niggas. A lot of my niggas that y'all seen that came up in the wave with me. You know, Free D Rose, he got 40 years. Rondo and C Day, they got 40 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, E Day started this shit for us. He just recently got killed as a grown man in his 30s. You know what I'm saying? Like, like LA Capone, you know what I'm saying? Dead and gone. Like, like main faces from 600 that they seen coming up like they gone you know like all the savages that y'all knew that was just on the sideline the little boos the stellos the lusties you know what i'm saying like like it just the shit we went through it ain't worth it so my advice to y'all is shit live a clean cut life man if you ain't got to do it don't do it like you ain't got to do this shit ain't cool like it might seem cool to y'all and you know, you might get a adrenaline rush off them guns going off. When somebody get get hit, they gonna fuck around and die. Ain't no coming back from that shit. Uh, if you do something to somebody, you gonna fuck around and go to jail and be in solitary confinement for motherfucking forever. So, shit, take the right path. Do, do the right shit. Like, this shit ain't cool. We was forced in this shit. We was poverty, you know? It was the environment we had to indict. We had, to, we had to adapt to the environment we was in. It was like we was raised in the jungle. And it's like a food chain. So, yeah, this shit ain't cool. Don't do it, man. Live a better life, man. You hearing this shit from Brizo, man. Let my old hoe for my new hoe. I just-